Hey. Hello. Good afternoon or good evening, Emmanuel Jal. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. It's evening. Well, I don't even know what time zone you're in right now. I was like, are we on Africa time? Or are we on Canada time? Are we on UK time? What's happening? I'm good. I'm in time, so I'm now in Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Fantastic. So I just want to welcome you to the podcast and uh, tell everybody who you are. So this is Emmanuel Jal. He is a massive peace activist, war child musician. Um, He's won the United States, uh, I mean, the United Nations Peace Award, the Dresden International Peace Prize in 2014, and the Havel International Prize for Creative Dissent. People always ask about like what that creative dissent is. Um, Emmanuel Jal was raised, I guess you want to say, born in the South Sudan, uh, became a child war soldier and was, what would you want to say, like rescued and basically got out of the South Sudan and now um, spends most of his time spreading the message of peace and being a successful musician. Is that sort of right? Yeah, yeah, you got your stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, do you prefer? Is do I call you Jal or do I call you Emmanuel Jal? Uh, whatever works best for you. I'm I'm always good for for all. Okay. Jal. Well, you well, you know, I guess because I feel like I've met you before. I feel like I just call you Jal because I feel like I'm it. I feel close to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, Joel, could you tell us, I mean, I know that you're an activist, you're a musician, you're an actor. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on right now with the release of the big song. I can't even say the name of it, but I listened to it and I was like, wow, I love it. Oh, Tishuang. So basically Tishuang is uh, the song I've done with my sister mm-hmm. from the album call the nurse and so my sister currently she's living in the refugee camp in in kenya and so uh we've been doing this album so the country's at war with itself but we now i'm a refugee in canada she's a refugee in refugee camp i have so many families and normally i would say wealth is built as a collective now when you come from a place where everybody is poor living in refugee camp even whatever you do, it's just like a drop. It doesn't actually make much impact as it should. And so here I thought, like, how do we keep our voices up? And this is now me and my sister collaborating in this album called Nas, which is to lift the spirit of the people, wherever they are. And Nas means humans, people, human beings. Yeah. When I listen to it, I, it sounds very different from your other songs. I have to say it's going to the top of one of my favorites. So before we um, spoke today, I did choose four songs that I would play during the podcast so that people who don't know you or know your music could um, hear it. So I am going to play the full songs um, while we take a break. So why don't we, um, we're going to go to that first song right now. Yeah, you got it, Yeah, I'm not in the bed. 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 Y
For those people who are listening who really don't know you and kind of um, know anything about your life, could you tell a little bit of the backstory? Because there was an entire documentary made about your life and how the war in the South Sudan started. Uh, the short version of your journey? Well, my journey has been difficult. So my country went to war with itself. And that war took the soul of my village. And all my aunties died during that war, all my uncles except two. Then my mom was claimed by that same war. At the age of seven, my father gave me out and told me, I'm going to go to school in Ethiopia, where I ended up walking hundreds and hundreds of miles. And Ethiopia ended up becoming a child soldier. That's where I got trained and I was recruited and I became a child. Wait, how old were you? I was trained when I was eight, but I left home when I was seven. Mm -hmm. The first time that I had met you, it was at uh, the Good Lie, when the Good Lie opened. And there's a line in that movie that I think is one of my favorite lines because it really shows like how someone who knows nothing about the topic and nothing about South Sudan would hear it. And it's this, it's this scene in the film where, you know, your character and some of the other guys who have just come over as refugees are standing there and Reese Witherspoon says, Oh, you know, these, you know, these are these guys and they're from the South Sudan. And the woman goes, Oh really? That's so nice. How long are you here for? It's like, (laughs) <laughs> like like you're gonna head on back you're like you're just there you're like you guys are like well we're kind of like refugees we're kind of like refugees from the south sudan there's a massive <laughs> massive war going on right now uh no we're not going back <laughs> it's like <laughs> like i just kind of i can't ever get that moment in the film out of my head because i just think it's so funny when you live in a place like America or maybe even Canada or something and you're not in the center of that and you're removed and we're literally physically removed because we're on another continent how the dots don't get connected sometimes you know what I mean (laughs) yeah so I thought you were great in that movie do you like acting yeah I like acting so and uh I, I'm an artist, so when you're an artist, you can chip anywhere. It's the form of art. You just need to learn a bit of it, and you can grow. Most hip-hop artists act it, and they like to act, <laughs> and actors want to sing. <laughs> it was a big, big concert. The mm-hmm. 90th birthday became a turning point for my career. And was that when you really decided you were going to go forward with music or was it that you had connected with enough artists that you were able to do it or how did that come about? I think the turning point, the biggest one was Live Aid, you know, which when I was introduced by Peter Gabriel as well, that's launched me into career. And then the second stage, like every time Peter Gabriel come to support me on something, there's always a huge kick. It's like, his hands are so full of blessings. I mean, those me, it's like I just go so fast. Um, 
So then uh, you, you've, you've recorded with a, a lot of different artists. Can you tell us a little bit more, people who don't really know your story? Because I feel like in this interview went from child story, child soldier to Peter Gabriel. and We missed a little bit of a chapter there. How were you able to get out of being a child soldier and um, able to leave that country? Well, I was lucky. It was a difficult journey where we planned an escape. And in the end of the escape, we're like between two to 400 young people with few adults. The end of the journey, only 16 people survived. Apparently only four people are still alive now. It was a very difficult one because on the way we drank our own urine, cannibalism started, people eating dead bodies, myself, I was tempted to eat my friend when we ran out of food. And luckily, by after we survived that journey, I arrived in a place called Wat. And in this place, I met a British aid worker called Emma McCune. And she is the one that smuggled me to Kenya. She had rescued 150 child soldiers. Uh, but I was the only one that she took under her wings to take care of. Mm-hmm. And she unfortunately later died and my life started again and different people got involved. But that's when music took over. And so now, I, now I'm into music yeah, and, and releasing albums. But also I've evolved now. So now, now uh, the methods, you know, like after you come to a peaceful environment, you have to go through traumatic experience. The war played itself back again. You know, you could be walking fine, you're like a dead person walking sometime or stuck like a zombie, different flashbacks after flashback. And then getting off that journey was also another challenge, uh, which now, nowadays I begin to do uh, uh, processes that I've used where I help people. I run workshops with a new initiative I've started called My Life is Art, which help people own their mind, find their purpose discover what they're created to do on earth and work with them to create habits that they can use to create success or increase their mental power. That's amazing. I know that uh, you had done an outreach program the, with children, also the We Want Peace program. Yes, so I do go to schools, colleges and universities and even conferences, corporate events. So what I do now, my vision is simple, is to share my experiences for social emotional learning, to create conscious global awakening. The way I do that is we cannot solve our problems or overcome the current challenges the way we are. In order for us to overcome our challenges, we have to rise by increasing our consciousness so to go beyond conscious awakening is required and it's going to unite our hearts and our mind in order to create a burning desire that will increase our mental power to give us that energy that force that we can use to overcome the challenges when you received the united nations peace award what were you aware that it was happening? Were you just completely surprised by how much of a difference you had been making in people's lives? I mean, when you, when you are an activist, you're not thinking of becoming famous or when you want something, you're just focusing on making yourself better and you're focused on how can I get the message? You know, the heaven that is inside you is what you want to bring out. And those something, an award comes as a surprise. It's a shock. You were not ready for it. You didn't even know. And it just gave you another boost of energy. Helping people. How did you start the Lear Academy? Well, uh, that one was in honor of Emma McCune. So we managed to raise money to build a school. But now the country's at war, so the school is now a military barrack. It's broken into pieces. And I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And so how we manage is I did a challenge called Lose to Win, where I ate one meal a day for 662 days. 
and in that uh, every meal that I miss, I calculate the value and donate it. And people join me online and people begin to do missing meals. And then it collided and we managed to raise the funds. You know, there was a church that was involved called Hillsong in England, which gave us the biggest boost, like raised probably 60% of the amount of money that we wanted for the school, which was amazing. Fantastic that they were able to help you guys to do that. Um... An amazing uh, people, I, the people walk in their purpose, basically. It's the messaging, it's the doing. And you're like, uh, it was amazing, not only for me, but they do a lot of stuff for other people, for individuals. And it's a community-based church that is more about supporting its members and the people than more about taking their money. And since the name of the church is Hillsong, this is the perfect time to talk about your next song. <laughs> oh, That's funny. I'm sorry, it's, it's too bad. It's just so corny. But I did want to play, I, I did want to talk about this song. Um, and of course, I'm a little, a little afraid to pronounce it. Yi, yay, yai. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. That's one of my old songs, yeah. Right. Well, I picked my favorite ones. So, <laughs> so I wanted to know if you could just talk a little bit about that song and then I could play it for everyone. Yeah, it comes from the album, The Key. So it's more about my breath or my soul. So, yeah, 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 cough. Yeah, 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 cough. So which means I'm holding my breath, I'm holding my soul, you know. Uh, let me go, let me go. So it basically is a song. It's a painful song, but the lyrics, there's a conversation. It's like you're communicating to yourself or you're communicating to the supreme being or you're communicating with the source and yourself. So it's a lot of mental conversation and heart conversation. I'm 
questions like in the workshop and I'll ask kids who owns your mind is it fear worry anxiety or poverty because the battles are fought in the mind and they're won in the heart and whichever owns your mind owns you and everything you create and one kid just put his hand up and told me what owned my mind is sugar you're like I'm going for something a little bit more esoteric here <laughs> oh like I said, what do you mean to say? I normally don't want to take sugar and I'll promise and I tell my mom I'm not going to eat sugar. But I can't run away from sugar. Sugar is in bread, it's in ice creams, it's in milk, it's everywhere. How do you run away from sugar? It's taking me my freedom. <laughs> and I said, like, that was the most amazing line I've ever heard someone. No, simple stuff like that. You know, you go to school, that different, different experiences you get. Now, other experiences, young person said, uh, I got a message from someone who, who was a student, dropped out, but found out about my story somewhere. And he went back to school, completed school, and sent a message, hey, I finished at university and I just want to tell you your story made me finish my school. And I appreciate how lucky I am and how all the opportunities are here. And I took them for granted. And I thought that was powerful. Um, I think that's powerful also. I feel like it's, um, it's, it's easy to take something for granted when, you, you know, and then you see, you talk to someone like you who you're like, oh, you think you've had it bad. You want to sit down for a while and have a chat? And then just what you've done for so many people to help so many people in the world and inspire them and share your experience is incredible. But the other thing that's amazing to me that has nothing to do with any of that really, well, I mean, it's related, but how did you become an entrepreneur and create your own like Jalgua business? <laughs> Cause that's kind of like, you're like with Peter Gabriel, you're sa you're saving the world, you're saving children. You're like, and you're really committed to health and nutrition. I know you are because I, you gave me one of those, I don't know what it was. It was a very strange, small round ball of gooey stuff. And then you're like, don't have to eat for hours. And you're like energized. It had some chocolate in it. I don't know what it was, but it was good. So how did you get really into the um, health and nutrition and what is Jalgua? I think mostly entrepreneurs is finding problems. All human beings are born entrepreneurs, basically, scientific research, ton of it. We like our freedom. We like to solve problems. We like to do different things. We have to look, we, want, we like to contribute. But, you know, a lot of people get stopped by fear, you know, and then they fail to contribute with their creativity. And so here I had high blood pressure. I had early symptom of diabetes. And those of these things were cringing me, you know, on tour, I would collapse. After a show, my headache, migraine, terrible ones, my eyes and my back sideways, terrible headaches. And then I said, like, what is this thing? Why? And then Dr. Storm may have high blood pressure. And then they used to say, oh, it's because of your childhood experiences, your trauma, all of these things gave you migraines, I realized, oh no, these migraines were actually high blood pressure, uh, cause related. And so then I came to realize, okay, 
in the village, high blood pressure was associated as a disease of people from the city and diabetes. So when they come to the village, they eat village food and their high blood pressure goes away and then they go back to the city. And then when they go to the city, they get sick again, they're brought back. And I said, okay, I'm going to eat like a simple person from the village. So I started increasing my green stuff. I started bringing sorghum. I started fermenting stuff. Then I started mixing it and mixing smoothies. My high blood pressure left. And so I was in Canada. So every time I'm in Canada, I am healthy. When I leave Canada, I am sick. And so I said, how can I create a food that I can eat on road? And then I started doing that. Then one day I met a scientist and the scientist ate my food and said, hey, you have no idea, you have an invention here. I said, what are you talking about? I said, this Moringa sorghum mixed to me, mixed together superfood and she was just eating it. I thought she was crazy without even putting water. She was just having enough. So these two combined, they give you a super energy and the metabolism. So Moringa happened to have 300 healing properties and 46 anti-inflammatories, 92 essential nutrients, and sorghum come with super healing properties, with 240,000 antioxidants. So there's no grain out there or food that you can eat with that ton of antioxidant. And so, which help in absorption of calcium, uh, it helps in absorption of so many things in your body, like this calcium, this potassium, the magnesium. And so I began doing research more, and then I came to realize, oh, my high blood pressure was due to lack of calcium, potassium, magnesium deficiency, and vitamin D, K, and E. And all of that, I say, okay, I'm going to look, make sure I have foods that have those. And I get, in the winter, I supplement with vitamin D, and I mix with my other food. In the summer, I just walk in the sun and eat healthy. And so now, I've not collapsed from high blood pressure since 2012. Wow. Um, congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I so, mean, I, I know you've been through worse things, but you know, th that's pretty amazing that you were able to just commit to turning that around in your health and got to the bottom of it. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. It's the energy. Look at it. I have 18 hours or 20 hours. worth. I can have, depending, I can have 20 hours worth of energy in 24 hours and produce enormous type of work you know, 10 hours worth of energy. I don't have coffee or tea to, or, or, or caffeine, caffeine. Oh, you're missing out. Because like I'm eating, I'm, I'm using natural energy to get myself together. And so I see like the foods, I'm into foods. Foods is the key. You know, most of diseases are caused by lack of food. You don't give your body the right nutrients, you're gonna get sick. Most diets, I've got probably only four, four minerals in it. Our body requires hundreds of minerals, essential nutrients. Have you heard about iron? Iron? Yeah. Iron deficiency. Mm -hmm. Like people lack iron in their bodies. Yeah, you're, you're talking to, to one of them. <laughs> Jalgua has got 140% percent iron. So basically, it helps with iron levels. Iron absorption on Jalgua is high. So people who have iron deficiency can eat it. But if you look, if something like iron is causing a lot of problem in our body, think about calcium of 140 diseases it, lacking it, you know? You think about, you, you just, every mineral, magnesium, you find athletes would faint because of magnesium deficiency. You know, potassium, all of these things are minerals. We human beings, whatever is outside, anything that is on tree is in us. Anything that is in bacteria is in us. So our body requires minerals for it to maintain itself. Metallic enzymes. Sorry, I, we went back to food stuff. I know you're really very, very knowledgeable on the topic. So I did want to talk about that. So the, what, tell me, what's a typical day for you? Like, what time do you get up in the morning? How does the whole thing happen? Like, when's the songwriting? When's the saving people's lives thing happening? And then do you get time to spend with your family? And how, what's a typical day? Well, when I wake up in the morning, 
Sometimes 5.57 is my favorite time. So <laughs> 5.57, it's that specific. Okay, that's good. <laughs> right before six. <laughs> yeah, 5.57. Then I meditate up to like probably eight. Depending, I could do a 15-minute meditation. I created a different type of meditation that is not out there yet, but it's what I'm teaching people how to do, which does uh, you capture the whole day in the morning. So it's basically following all the principles of meditation including visualization and running through your body you know and i'm actually doing workshop for it for people to learn how to do it and it's just setting your entire body in 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 order and then you go throughout the day and then i do it every day every day i don't miss a day so basically how to get heaven and maintain the heaven inside me throughout so that when i'm going out I am carrying that atmosphere of, of uh, heaven in me. So whatever comes out, whatever people experience is what is in me. So I want them to have that heavenly experience that I have. So then after you've done that part, do you then, do you do exercise or anything like that? Or is the singing the exercise or just the doing of life the exercise? Because you're pretty in shape. So basically, the okay, I would, I'll pick one principle of the meditation. There are 10 principles. Okay. Pick one principle. Okay. So there is, I'll pick love. So the principle love would be the art of generating positive emotion to manage my mental state and physical state. And I would generate this emotion spiritually, physically, and mentally. And so once you are able to generate those one throughout the day, then you are able to have positive emotion. I'd rather have 10 over 10 emotions every day. My whole body could be pain. Everything could go wrong. But once you get your emotion down, then you're going to make a lot of wrong choices. When you keep your emotion at positive, then you're able to keep your space in your mind clean so you can, you can absorb and you can make conscious choices. And so... How do you do that? Physical generation of emotion, that could be exercise, you know, could be touch and also food. So which man I choose what I eat. So whatever you eat the night before will affect your energy levels tomorrow, you know? So what I put in my mouth is very important. So I avoid bread in the day. I love bread. I don't know if there's anybody in this world who love bread more than me. <laughs> but I will choose not to eat it because of what it will do to me later because of the energy. But if I was to make bread, I'll make it my own way. The bread that I will eat is old school bread, fermented and no many stuff put on it. Now that bread is heavy. If you want to tell the difference, a one slice could probably weigh almost the same size as a whole loaf. That's how dense it is. You have one or two slices of that kind of bread, you're full. Wait, it's fermented? Yeah, you have to use it. The old school of making bread is the best if you want to enjoy bread. They're not, it doesn't make you gain weight. They do it in a simple way because most of the bacteria will eat most of the sugar during the fermentation. You don't add yeast. You allow it to ferment naturally and you let the bacteria grow in it. And then you make your bread. You don't, a little bit of salt, a little bit of butter, and then you have super bread. Out that's bread I'll eat with no And you use regular flour or do you use like sprouted grains or what do you use in that? You use a whole grain, all the particles. You could use wheat, it doesn't matter, but it has to be organic. You use spelt, it has to be organic. Whichever grain you use, make sure it's organic because most grains that are not organic, they use something called a desiccant to dry them. And that process makes the minerals vile unavailable which means when you eat it probably the iron is not going to be there calcium is not going to be there and then you're just eating sugar and protein that's interesting okay yep. so so now you've done the so you've put the love into the bread right you put the love so then now love is now is what you eat providing yourself what you need eat what you need so that's one aspect. You generate emotion physically. 
because the chemical reaction of the food can affect your status. Now, when you exercise too, you're activating positive emotion. You eat, you activate. You can eat an ice cream, but it's going to pull you down after a period of time. Then eating something nutritious or having a smoothie and something nice that will activate your body to continue to be positive for the next couple of hours or a long period of time. You know, and if you're going spiritually, this is where now you get to find a place where you can meditate, sit, make your prayer, read your Bible, prophecy, whatever it is, affirmation, when you do that. Then mental generation of emotion would be being able to control what come into your ears and what you see, you know? And so basically reading something positive, listening to something positive, now, And so smelling something positive, <laughs> maybe like a flower in the forest. So basically, the three ways of generating emotions, I make sure I apply them in that day. So basically, to my emotion are upbeat. I don't know if, if you can hear what I'm saying. I completely exactly understand what you're saying and agree with you. So in terms of the art of generating positive emotion, I'll, I'll put myself, I am one of the super emotion generators in terms of emotion because a lot of people choose one aspect in generating the emotions and now you wonder you're losing energy where's it come from because food will do something but spirituality can do something else and mental generation of emotion can do something because now you're providing content you're increasing your mental power and that also helping anxiety so you're feeding your soul with positive content and so in one day I make sure in the day I do those three things and, and make sure I put them in place because I know my emotions are very important. Whatever person is looking for, everything is all about getting your emotion response. Once people can get that, then they got you. People buy food on emotions. You know, you're hungry. You know, people buy clothes because of emotions. They feel they need it, you know. Um, very interesting. So then around, um, so after you've done, so you've, so that sounds like a lot of preparation that you prepare for your day. And then um, it's, how it's does the evening? Hmm? Distributed, like the type of meditation I have is the whole day. So now I just show you one principle, but I do everything in the morning so that my mind knows when to apply. So that 10th principle, sometime gratitude is one of them. So one day in the same day, something may require gratitude. Something may require positive mindset. Something may require forgiving heart. Something may require calm. So there are about 10 of them. So now, because it's a routine that I practice every day, what actually does is, whenever a situation comes, a specific principle knows how to respond. So my body has learned how to respond to different situations with something different, with one of this principle. And that's how I've been maintaining my peace of mind. I'm actually running a workshop on, on how a person can do this on the 3rd to the 6th of August. In, in Ontario, in, Canada. Uh, can you say it again? Because you cut out for a sec. On the 3rd to the 6th of August, I'm running a retreat here in Ontario on how people can learn how to program themselves. You mm -hmm. know, how they can manage to walk in joy, how they can manage to obtain their purpose, how they can manage to own their mind and learn how to create habits and how they can increase their mental power. You know, so I'm gonna sh show people steps in which they can follow. Because in the end, heaven in you is the key. You could lose everything. But if you, can, if you don't have heaven inside you, you're gonna be tormented. Mm -hmm. um, so then when you go, so like how does the rest of the day go? You eat a small dinner or you, go to bed earlier, you go to bed late, or what? how does the rest of that go for you? The rest of the day, if I am in Toronto, 
So the rest of the day, I'll be busy. So from morning, after I do my meditation, it's office work. You know, a little bit of, if I require to dance, and I dance a bit. But in the afternoon is self-development until evening, just to improve myself, my content, reading a book, watching uh, positive content. If I'm on road or if I'm on tour, what I'll do is I'll begin the same morning I'm busy up to like afternoon, then I'll take a nap in the afternoon if the show is in the evening. So I can begin to visualize and how I'm going to perform and relax my body, clean my thoughts so I can make sure that I am focused for the evening. What do you think is, uh, I know we, we we're going along here. Um, so what do you think is the one thing that you would want people to know about um, as far as what the current state is of Sudan and how they could help or anything like that in ways that, you know, you're still involved in. This is uh, two ways in which people can get involved. One, uh, you can call your governments and tell them you care about South Sudan and you want peace there. The more phone calls that goes to the government official because they care about the vote from their citizen and reminding them will put pressure on their governments to stop the current genocides that are happening in South Sudan. Mm -hmm. You know, the government is starving its own people. People are starving not because there's no food. They're being naturally starved. They're starved as a political tool, as a war, you know, as a tool for war, starvation. You know, the same methods were used by uh, government of Sudan before to try to terrorize South Sudanese. Half the population is going to face food crisis now. But this can be stopped before they say never, never again. But people are forgetting. Now we, the citizens have the power to remind their leaders in the government that they care about the situation. And they can talk to them. I remember one time when we used to lobby in United States, a politician once said there were no enough phone calls about genocide happening, but there was more phone calls about species of birds that are dying in South America. And so sometimes as we, those who hear it, cannot, cannot take it. It's not, it's not the people who commit suicide or who commit genocide are the one that are actually committing atrocities, but those who turn a blind eye, those who hear and do nothing about it. Now we have an opportunity, people can reach out to their neighborhood, reach out for rallies, reach out and comment on Facebook, you know, reach out to their politician. But the other thing that they can do that is tangible, they can go on website, guaafrica.org, www.gua-africa.org. And from there, they can support Gua Africa, Gua Africa work with families, individuals to help them overcome the effect of war and poverty. Here they can invest in South Sudanese lives. You'll never know potential of any child or any human being unless you give them an opportunity. And now here, people can play a part to go there and put children in school. And the third thing that people could do is the work that we're doing, you know. Our voice is as relevant as your support, as you pass and share our stories with other people. That's what make our, our voice stronger, like supporting us in the content that we provide. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with me about this tonight and also um, congratulations on the new album so as we um head out the last song that i did want to play for everyone was be the love because i feel like that's 
a good one to close with. <laughs> do you think do you, is there you did that with Xavier Rudd, right? Yeah. I feel like that one's a little bit more like Caribbean. <laughs> or what do you what, what do you call it? What's that sound? Uh it's more like with the modern twist, it would be more of like yeah, Caribbean influence, Jamaica influence, Bob Marley influence. But if you look at it, when you go to Africa and try to go and travel, you'll be shocked. <laughs> like if you try to get a village sound and put beat to it, sometimes it could either fall as hip hop or as rock, as blues, as reggae or something. Because Caribbeans are Africans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So music is, the coolest thing about music, music is universal. It's hard for someone to claim, yeah, this is my music, because it travels so well, you know? Mm-hmm. But it definitely has Bob Marley influence. It has a lot of Jamaican influence. It has American influence, yeah. Australian influence. <laughs> right. <laughs> If you're, I was going to say, so when you're not listening to, you know, your kind of music, like what's the other types of music that are your favorite that you listen to that like no one really knows, like your secret stuff that you're really listening to? Like what's your closet junkie favorite stuff? Well, I'm, I like to dance. I like to dance. Nowadays, I like, I, my ears are open now to all kinds of music, which is good. I listen to. I listen to country music. Aha, like, so there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They like, I like the way they do the thing. Those guys are not bothered about what other people say. They're so real. So I kind of like, like it. It's almost like uh, there's something about it. Authenticity in country music. That's what I like. Do you understand? I do. I love reggae. I love hip hop. I love raga. I love Africans music. The one I hadn't listened to is R&B. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no R&B for you. Got it. But I would like to listen to R&B in live concert. You know, when there's a live concert, you know, you go to R&B, like the classic, like the real, real one. Yeah. So you can what? hear the, the smooth and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> This is the type of music you like to listen to because they're very interested in girls. Your heart is broken. You need some real R and B, like just to keep you. Either you look for the song that will pull you close to the girl, or you look for the song that will make you hate her. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Well, um, so we're going to end now with Be the Love. Thank you so much, Emmanuel Jal. Thank you for speaking to us. And I hope that all of our listeners will either reach out directly to you um, and support some of the things that you're doing or listen to the music or just be more aware of what's going on in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Is there love for the souls of terror? Willing to change and erase the errors? Be love, be solution. I be love now, be solution. Be love, be solution. I be love now, be solution. Made up my mind, be solution. Be love, be solution. I be the love, be solution.
Could you see my smile? I walk many miles. My story's the Nile. I know what is mine. I don't live in the Nile. My scars I would got me this far And now I can touch the stars Cause it don't matter who you are Who you are We've all got scars If you like this podcast, share this podcast. If you have questions for our guests, please use the call-in feature on the Anchor app. If you have other questions for me, please use contact at jeweldonahue.com. Thanks for listening.